Welcome to another inspirational message from Bridge Church Melbourne. Hey, well, I'm really excited this morning to, um, I guess, just come and, and really deliver what I feel is a God message for this campus and for what God wants to do in and through you. And, uh, and I'm really, I've got a real, real burden on my heart to share this. And, uh, and I'm going to take you to a point in which we're going to have some fun today. We're going to have a few laughs. So get ready for some entertainment. But hey, like seriously, get ready to receive a download from heaven. Yeah, a download from heaven. God, would you speak to our hearts, we pray. Amen, amen. All right, so we're going to take you to Mark 16, verses 15 through to 20. And it's going to be on the screen behind me if you haven't got a Bible. But if you have, let me hear the flicking of the pages because I love a good Bible sound. All right. Here we go. It says this in verse 15, Jesus has appeared to the 11 disciples that are remaining at the table and reclining at the table. And uh, he rebukes their unbelief and their hardened hearts because they had not uh, believed because they had not seen him. And when they seen him, they started to believe. And so he says this to them in verse 15. He said to them, now listen, I want you to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes is baptised will be saved and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. They will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And then, so then the Lord Jesus, after He'd spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went... Everyone say they. They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord God worked them with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Let me say it again. Verse 20. And they went out and preached where? Everywhere. everywhere. And while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Signs. By accompanying signs. This week, I, um, I had the entertainment of going out with some friends to a really fancy restaurant and um, like so fancy that it's like the size of a 50 cent piece on your plate. You know, that kind of fancy. <laughs> and uh, it was multiple courses and um, they're such a great couple. I love them. And I just had such a great time. But honestly, it was like a delicacy in front of me. And it was a really enjoyable uh, uh, meal to sit there. But you know what comes better with a great meal is great conversation. As we're sitting there, we're conversing. uh, I'm reminded of the story he's telling me um, of an experience with Uber Eats. Anyone here ever ordered Uber Eats? Few hands. That's, That's okay. So I'm talking to a portion of a crowd that get it. Does anyone here not know what Uber Eats is? Okay, excellent. I'm going to work this through. So Uber Eats is um, basically when you sit at home and it's like delivery. It's like you used to get takeaway, you used to get it delivered. You get order a pizza, you get it delivered. Well, they call it Uber Eats these days where they, you can order a meal from anywhere. A person will go pick it up and then bring it back to you, to where you are. 
And so my friend was telling me about uh, this particular night that he ordered Uber Eats. And he's like, what is going on? It's like the dude is just hovering. And so he comes out of his house and he's waiting and he's looking up the road and he can see that on the, on the, on the app that it's hovering in this one spot, which is like just up the road. He's like, dude, how can you get it wrong? Like the address is like right here. And so he's standing there waiting and he's like, what is the guy doing? He looks like he's going around in circles. He can see the lights of the motorbike spinning around. Anyway, and then so he's standing there. He's like, what is going on? Eventually, the guy arrives and he's all like battered up and he pulls out the bag of food and gives it to him and says, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And basically breaks down to him like, I just literally got hit by a car. Like I was delivering the food to you, but just got wiped out. And so the spinning lights was this guy getting wiped out on his Uber Eats tricycle. And I was like, dude, that, that's intense. I mean, that's commitment to even bring the food to you after that. Like, hands out, I'm done. Like, I'm done after that. But, you know, this, this guy rocks up. So they take him in the house. They clean him up and wipe off his wounds. And they get the food. And, and sit, you know, the food is like a shambles. Like, you've ever, you know, on Uber Eats, you can actually say that it was no good and you get your food for free. Do you know, like, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. But anyway, so they got their food eventually. But this guy was like completely wiped out by a car that sideswiped him on his delivery. And I was like, wow, that is major commitment. But you know, sometimes that's like us in life. We get sideswiped by something that happens to us. Some experience we had, maybe it was the church we previously went to, maybe it was a marriage breakdown, maybe it was your kids went backwards and walked away from the Lord, maybe it was you lost your job, maybe, maybe something wiped you out. But what you need to know today is that God has called you to be a deliverer of His people. He has called you to be a deliverer of His people. Now, in the same way that my friend brought this delivery guy into his house and bandaged him up and cleaned him up, you may need a time and a season in your life where you are literally bandaged up and recover from your injury. But you still need to be on mission. You still need to be on mission. You are the delivery driver. You are the Uber Eats delivery driver for the kingdom of God to be brought here on earth. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm an Uber Eats driver. I am an Uber Eats driver. Now I say this to you because you need to understand the concept of being a deliverer. Someone who delivers something. The dictionary defines the word as the deliverer as someone to carry or to turn over or to give over. And this is what God has called you to do as being a disciple, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is to be a deliverer, a carrier of what it is that He has to bring here on earth. And He wants to do it through you. He wants to give it over through you to somebody else. He wants you to carry it and turn it over to somebody else. See, it's God's intention to deliver His people. From the very beginning of time, it was always God's intention to deliver His people. We go back to the book of Exodus and we know the story of Moses. Moses is a young man who has an incredible power encounter with the presence of God. And in that moment, there's an exchange that takes place between Moses and God. And, Mo, and God says to Moses, I want to use you to be a deliverer for my people. 
And so I want to suggest to you today that the intention of God's heart is that we would be deliverers of His people and it has never changed. Ultimately, Moses was a deliverer of people for the God, uh, people of Israel, but Jesus was a deliverer for you and me. Amen. He is the ultimate deliverer. But He calls you and I into partnership with Him to say, will you go and be a deliverer of my people? Would you go and be a deliverer of my people? And He wants to do it through you. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. And this won't be on the screen. So if you have a Bible, you can look it up. Exodus chapter 3. And for those who have got their iPhones, you can pull it out and find it. Exodus chapter 3. And this is Moses' experience of the burning bush. And it says this in verse 1. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father, Lord Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side. West side. Hello. To the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, which was the mountain of God. There's always a mountain of God in the west. Come on. Come on. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight to see why this bush has not burned. Now, let me say this. A burning bush was not unusual in that time and in that location. Bushes would burn, but they would be consumed. So what God does is He captures the attention of Moses through an unusual moment and says, hey, look, see. But Moses in his heart decides to engage. He decides to engage and it says, when he saw it, he turned aside to see. And it wasn't until he turned aside to see that God said to him and called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. I want to suggest to you today that God is here and His presence is here. He is drawing you and you have a decision to make as to whether you will draw aside to see what this great wonder is. And for God to call you out into a a season to be a deliverer for His people. It goes on and says, he said, here I am, because that's the response of someone who's willing. We can't make that decision for you. Pastor Dave can't, Pastor Sonia can't make that decision for you. You have to draw aside. You have to turn aside and make a response to say, hey, here I am. Here I am. Then he said, then God said to him, don't come near, uh, sorry, do not come near, take off your sandals for the place in which you stand is holy ground. I want to suggest to you today, you stand in the presence of Almighty God in this place today and is a place of encounter because this is where God reveals the next component where He says, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. And Moses began to hit his face because he was afraid to look at God. The presence of God overwhelmed him. And then the Lord says this to him, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard the cry because they're taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of Egyptians and bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hevites and the Vegemites and the Jesmites. And now behold... The cry of the people of Israel has come to me and I have seen their oppression for which the Egyptians have oppressed them. And he says, now come and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people out 
the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses said to them, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. And these shall be a sign for you that I have sent you, that you have brought people out of Egypt and you shall serve God on this mountain. God wants to do something great here in the West and he wants to do it through you. He wants you to be a deliverer for his people. He wants you to engage and come aside and see the wonder, experience the goodness of who God is. And maybe you you like the Uber driver that needed to have some time out to get healed and whole, then to be set back out to keep driving. But you are called to be a deliverer. You know what's, what's really funny is that when I look at these delivery drivers on the Uber Eats, I see them sitting in places and just like sitting there with their phones on their scooters, waiting, waiting for the call. Can you imagine a church positioned in the same way before God? God, we're sitting here, we're waiting, we're ready, we're ready. Give us the word, give us the word, give us the word, give us the word. See, because God's presence is for the purpose, purposes of God, that He would deliver His people. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed from the beginning of time to the end of time. We're on mission. We're going where God has called us to go. And see, the power of God is to demonstrate the message of God. So when I read to you from Mark chapter 16, you saw that these signs will accompany those who go. And then the last portion of that scripture, when I said to you at the end, let's just flip back there because we can. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Now in the purposes of what God did through Moses, He did exactly the same thing. He says, I want to send you, I'm going to put signs with you, I'm going to put my word in your mouth and I'm going to send you out to go. So the power of God is to demonstrate the message of God. The message of God is to deliver and set people free. And God is looking for someone to stand in the gap to do exactly that. Ezekiel 22.30 said that God looked across the earth to see if He could find one that would stand in the gap and preach the good news. And it says he found none. Let that not be said of the West Side. Let that not be said of the West crew that are ready and engaged. God, I'm a deliverer. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Send me. Where where do you want to send me? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And when you posture yourself, when you position yourself, I promise you this, God will deliver people through you. He will deliver people through you. But you know, this is the thing I notice more often than not. More often than not, we miss it. We miss it. See, when we go through this passage of Scripture, we find in the later chapters of Exodus that Moses confronts God three times. And God says to him, you need to say that I am has sent you. I am has sent you. And I am is the one who will put the words in your mouth. And three times, Moses goes through a process which we walk through every day of our lives. When God says, I am, you and I say, I'm not. Because even now, as I've sat here and said, you're a deliverer. You're a deliverer. You're an Uber Eats driver. You're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, that's not me. You're talking about the evangelist, like somebody else. 
And we go through this process and, and, and Moses himself had to walk through this journey. And in Exodus chapter four, we see that Moses goes through a process of doubt, which is the same thing that you and I get every single day. We doubt what it is. We put, put ourselves in Moses' position. He says in Exodus chapter four, verse one, he says, what if they don't believe? What if they don't believe? What if I step out and I say something? What if I step out and I do something and they don't believe? But God says in His Word, I will give you signs to demonstrate. Accompanying signs will follow. They'll follow. I will give you signs to demonstrate. Then Moses moves into 10 verses later. He comes up with all the excuses. He, and because God says to him, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I'm going to, they, these people will believe. I'm going to give you signs to accompany these things. But then he comes to a point 10 verses later and he says, no, 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 no. I can't speak. I'm not eloquent. I'm not eloquent of words. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house where education and knowledge were everything. He had a mouth to speak, but lacked the confidence and used it as an excuse his identity as a genuine Israelite, as a genuine young man who was birthed out of the people of God, he uses that as an excuse and says, I can't speak eloquently. But God says to you, in the same way when you make that excuse before God, He says, I will put, I am enough for you and I will put my words in your mouth. The next process of this verse is three verses later, Moses refuses in Exodus 4.13 and he says, please send somebody else. Please send somebody else. I just can't do it. Can I suggest to you today that we can miss being a part of the full purposes of what God wants to do because we choose to believe doubt, because we choose to, to make excuses, because we choose to refuse to engage in what God wants to do. And we can miss the full purposes of God. We can miss it. See, in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, but Moses delivered the people. Yes, he did. But did you know that because of Moses, there's three excuses. That when he uh, engages God in a conversation in the last point of refusal in verse 13, it says this. Verse 12, he says, God says to Moses, he says, now go therefore and I will be with you and I will be with your mouth. I will teach you what to speak. But he said, oh Lord, please send somebody else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not there Aaron, your brother, the Levite? He also is born of the same tribe, called of God, not using his identity as an excuse, but steps in and says, behold, he can speak well. I'll send him to you. Go out and meet him. And when he sees you, you'll be glad in his heart. And I'll put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. Now take your staff with you, which you shall do these signs. Now listen, Moses, three times, doubt, excuses and refusal. God is done and moves on to the next available person. If you don't engage, God's okay with that. He'll move on to the next available person. But you miss out on the miracle happening through you. Because when you read in later chapters what happens with Moses, 
when the plagues come to the Egyptians in the argument of let my people go, three times, three times it says, Moses, say to Aaron, and Aaron, go do. Moses missed out on being a part of the full purposes of what God wanted to do in and through him. But God's perfect plan is he'll always bring somebody else in. He'll always bring somebody, he'll bypass you if you let it go. But he'll, he's faithful and he'll always bring somebody else in. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God wants to do. And this is the obstacle that we face, is that we can miss it because we focus on I am not, and God says, I am. I am. Don't miss it by saying, I'm not good enough. I can't speak. I'm not the evangelist. I'm not that person. I'm not the deliverer. Don't agree with those things. Step into the I am. He is sufficient. He is all that I need. He will give me the words to speak and I am because He says I am. And engage in what it is that God wants to do. See, the thing is, is the presence of God was always for the purpose of God to create a deliverer in Moses. The power of God is to demonstrate the message of God. And that pattern has never changed. The pattern has never changed. God's intention is to deliver His people and to see people come to salvation. That's His heart. That's His intent. He wants to see people set free. The message is to deliver and set people free. God's looking for someone to stand in the gap. Will you be that one? Will you be the one to stand in partnership with God and say, I will be the deliverer. I will be a deliverer of the good news. I'll be a deliverer of signs and wonders. I'll be a deliverer of all that you want to do in and through me. See, the word in, in that passage of Scripture actually is a verb and is a doing word. It's as someone who goes out to rescue, to deliver, to, to, to press in and get others. Someone who saves people, someone who saves people from pain and bad experiences. A deliverer is someone who's on mission, doing and this is what God wants to engage you in as a church moving forward. See, the pattern of a deliverer is found over and over and over again through Scripture. It's first found here in Exodus. Then it's found when Jesus is, uh, sent, uh, has his moment encounter with, with God and has his own, uh, um, I guess, open heaven experience where the power of God comes upon him. And he says in Luke 4, 18, the Lord has appointed me and anointed me to preach the good news of the gospel and set the captives free. And it goes on and it, to be a deliverer for the people, right? And then Jesus makes the same commission clear to his disciples in Mark chapter 6. He sends out the 12 and there's a framework, the same framework that was from the beginning of time. And then you roll into uh, um, Acts chapter 5 and you can see the disciples and the apostles walking this framework out. Then it goes to a point in Acts chapter 8 where all of the Christians are scattered across the earth. They're scattered across the earth because of the persecution that has come against them. And Stephen has just been stoned and there's bad things happening. But all the apostles, all the disciples, all stayed together in the city of Jerusalem. But it says that the people of God were scattered out. The best part of this, is what I love about this, is that it says that they were scattered out and then this pattern appears. Because it's not left just to the appointed, anointed and called pastors of, you know, staff. 
It's for the people of God. It's for you. And this pattern hasn't changed at all. So the pattern we found in Mark chapter 16, where it talks about um, what these signs shall accompany those who believe, this is the pattern of a deliverer. This is what it looks like. It's not just to go out and do do good works. It's not just to go out and be kind because the Buddhists can be kind. The Buddhists, the Buddhists. Bad English. But it's to actually go out and be a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So when you see it in Mark chapter 16, it's this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak new tongues. They will lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. And when they went, so when you go and you preach, the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by these accompanying signs. Now flick over to Acts chapter 8, where I've just talked about the moment where the people are scattered out. And let's look at the pattern there. It says in verse 4, it says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Now Philip, now he was just a dude hanging out and making things work administrationally in the church at that point of time. And it says, he went down to the city of Samaria. Now where did God say that they would be witnesses? In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So we start to see the word of God go out through regular people. They proclaim to them Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. And when they heard him, they saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out aloud with voice came out of many of them who had them. Many who were paralysed and lame were healed. Catch this. Verse 8. So there was much joy in that city. Joy comes to a city because people understand that they are a deliverer of the gospel message with signs and wonders accompanying the preaching of the word. It's a demonstration of a spirit's power. And you are a deliverer. You are a deliverer. You are a deliverer. And this is the pattern. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through to 6. He, he goes in and talks about the fact that it was not with wise and persuasive words, but it was with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Don't be so concerned or consumed about what you've got to say because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say when you need to say it. But to step out in faith and impart and believe. And as you step in, you will see signs, wonders and miracles unlock through your life. Have you ever wondered why the signs aren't happening today here on the earth, here in our Western culture? It's because we're not in partnership with what God wants to do. We have more confidence to go over and do it in a land that we don't know than to do it with a neighbour that we do know. But God wants to use you. He wants to be a demonstration through you of the power of the gospel. Now listen, people can thank you for nice, kind things that you do, but they can't argue when power is demonstrated. I talked with a couple that came to to church as a result of being invited and they came in and one was from a Buddhist background. Loving, like such loving people, so kind and so, but you know what? Jesus was kind, but that's not what got people changed and transformed. 
And she said when she was in the service, she said she went to the front, gave her life to Christ. And the moment she gave her life to Christ, she felt the presence of God. She had experienced a presence in the building, but when she gave her life to Christ and a, and a, and a guy gave a prophetic word over her life, she experienced it and she couldn't argue with it. I can argue with the fact that maybe the music makes me feel good. I can argue with the fact that maybe it's, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of smoke and lights and it's, you know, let's put on a nice night, you know, like, but you can't argue with power. Can't argue with power. And God wants you to be a demonstration of the Spirit's power. He wants you to be a demonstration. You are a deliverer and the plan has not changed. It's been the same from the very beginning to the end of time. The pattern has not changed, but you know what the best part about it is? You can re-engage if you have disengaged. If you have done what Moses did and went, oh, no, 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 send somebody else. It's all good. God's got that season of your life covered, but He's waiting for you to re-engage. See, three times Moses pulled back and God said, righto, that's it. I'll bring in Aaron. I'll bring in someone who just will step in and do it. And three plagues, Aaron is engaged in the process where Moses says, God says to Moses, Moses says to Aaron. Moses goes and does and stretches his hand forward. So there's all of these plagues that go through in this time. And the third time round, something happens in Moses. So I want to re-engage. This is the grace of God. He is so incredibly gracious towards us. He doesn't hold back His power. He doesn't hold back His words. He doesn't hold back His presence from Moses. He doesn't do any of that until He comes ready to re-engage with what it is that God wants to do. Moses steps in in the fourth plague and it says, the Lord said to Moses, go and say to Pharaoh and go and do. And he goes and does exactly that. At any point, you decide you want to re-engage in being a deliverer and being fully engaged in the full purposes of God. He stands with arms open ready to demonstrate His power in and through your life. That's His plan. That's His plan. But you know, the whole purpose of this is that there would be a great joy in the city. A city is only changed and transformed by the power of God and a demonstration through His people with the message of God. And I want to say this to you today. Imagine a generation of people ready, waiting, like Uber Eats drivers, ready to deliver what needs to be delivered. Because you are the conduit in which heaven wants to throw through, down through into earth and to bring joy to a city. You're the answer. You're the solution. He wants to use you. As the band come back, I want you to consider this morning that His presence is for the purposes of delivering His people. That you can experience the wonder and the goodness and the greatness of who He is. That God can capture your attention. Have you been in love with Him? Experience His power and have intimacy with Him in, in such a way that you are captivated and moved by Him. But that it would flow out to being a power of God, to be a demonstration of the message of God. I'm here to set my people free. 
I'm here to set my people free. He wants to set you free so that you can set others free. He wants to heal you so that you can be healed. You have to experience a demonstration of His power in your own life to go out and then be a demonstration into somebody else's. The message is to deliver and set people free. God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. And I don't just suggest, but I implore today that, that it is you. I implore that it is you. It is you. He wants to do signs. In the same way He did wonders for the people of God when they're in captivity to capture the attention of what God was doing and to help a generation realise that He was the true God. The word wonders in Exodus 3.20 means to be marvellous and wonderful, surpassing extraordinary, distinguishing action, beyond one's power and to make great. And I want to say to you today, it's the same for you today. And the word sign in Mark 16, 17 is the Greek word simeon, which comes from the root word simeno, which is again is a verb. It means to signify, to make known to mark, to token, to distinguish from others. Wonders which God can authenticate. This morning, God's grace is available to you if you've stepped out and disengaged from what He wants to do through you being a deliverer. In the same way Moses re-engaged, you can re-engage when you mess up, when you make a mistake, let God's grace bring you back and let His power overshadow you because He wants to do great and mighty things. And when you hear the voice of, I am not, you need to stand on His Word and say, oh, I am. I am because He says I am. And you need to battle doubt and declare that the signs and the wonders will demonstrate the power of God in and through your life. You need to eliminate excuses and say, God will give me a message. And you need to stop refusing to engage and get over yourself because it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. But it all starts in His presence. The sweetest presence is here in this place right now. It's the presence of Almighty God who loves you, who sent His Son to die for you, that you might experience the freedom and the liberty that He gave to you, but also that you might carry that freedom and liberty and the message of that to a world that so desperately needs it. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And in this moment, maybe you've disengaged. Maybe you didn't realise that there was more than just receiving the goodness of God and who He is. Maybe you didn't know that the power is meant to be demonstrated through you. Today is the day in which you can choose to say, in the same way that Moses said, here I am, here I am. And if that's you, why? I'm going to ask you just to simply to stand to your feet and say, that's me. I stand before God to say, here I am. I'm, I'm actually taking a, a moment like Moses did to step aside and say, yep, that's me.
That's me. That's me. I want to be a deliverer for the people. I want to encounter His presence, that He could use me to be a part of His purpose and plan in the kingdom coming on earth from heaven. That's me. So if that's you, I just simply ask just to stand on your feet and be like, hey, like, God, that's me. I'm coming aside today to seek your face. I want to be engaged. I want to be a deliverer of your presence. I want to be positioned and ready, waiting for the, the message to come through and then for that message to be backed up with signs and wonders and miracles. It's His desire to deliver His people, but He chooses to do it through people like you and me. Moses was no one special. You're no one special. I'm no one special. But God, still in His goodness and His grace towards us, says, I'll use you. I'll use you. So God, right now, we stand before you like Moses did and said, here I am. Here I am. Come on, people, you just begin to tell Him, here you are. Here I am. Here I am. I stand before you, inadequate in all ways, form and shape, but available nonetheless. Lord, I won't let my inadequacy get in the way of what you want to do. I won't let my doubts get in the way of what you want to do. I won't let my excuses get in the way of what you want to do. I want to partner with you. I don't refuse you. I want to partner with you. And so God, would you come in this moment as I stand before you in your presence? Would you let me see your face? Would you let your glory pass by me? Would you let your presence overwhelm me? Because I understand that without you, without your presence, there is no purpose and there is no power and the message cannot be shared. So God, we stand before you today as a church that says, God, would you pour out your presence? We're turning aside to you in this moment. We're turning aside. Would you come? Would you come? Thank you for joining us for this message today. It is an incredible privilege to share with you the Word of God and we trust that you've been blessed by listening. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we want to extend an invitation to you to begin the faith journey of following Jesus. The Bible teaches us every one of us have been created for relationship with God. Sin has separated every one of us from that relationship, but God has provided a solution in giving us His Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You have an opportunity today to respond with a confession of faith and a decision to believe in Jesus. Today, we invite you to make a deliberate decision to invite Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Saviour. Romans 10.10 says that with our hearts we believe and are justified, and with our mouths we confess and we are saved. So right now, if you have faith in your heart and you're ready to make that decision, you can simply pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you that you love me so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you that through his death and resurrection, I am forgiven of my sin to start a brand new life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me and to fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Today, I choose you as my Lord and Saviour and I thank you that I am now born again as a child of God. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer today, we would love to know and we would love to help you in any way that we can. You can contact us on our Bridge Church website, bridgechurch.com, and we'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you have been challenged and encouraged.